Hello, freaky friends. I already forgot the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Pippin. Uh, terrified of everything podcast stepdad. <laughs> and I'm Kate, the not-so-intelligent haunting of the podcast. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And together, we're... No, I'm kidding. And together, we're two sad fuckers that are on the bone garden. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is episode 12. I don't know. I just got to clap for emphasis. Yeah. So this is episode 12. Um, and... For the people that are actually, like, listening to the episode, the people that aren't in the live stream, um, this is, like, I think, Pippin, a really good spot to, like, jump on the bandwagon. Like, we're, oh. we're doing a spooky little compilation, a little listicle, if you will. A little listicle. Um, but, yeah, so, through the Hop power- on my listicles. Hop on- <laughs> <laughs> you stressed me out in the best way <laughs> so yeah through the power of technology and the internet i'm here with pippin how how have you been how has life been treating you for the people that you know are wondering like myself because i'm a nosy bitch um well okay i had already moved since the scored mountain so, um, I'm up in, like, I'm sharing a room with Zach now instead of having a separate room because we're living scandalously. Oh, shit. And <laughs> I also just straight up said your name. I'm so sorry, babe. Uh, okay. Um, um, wait, scandalously, yeah, are you showing off your ankles per chance? Um, no, my ankles, my ankles are fully covered. Look oh, at that. Fuck. There you go. Fully well, covered my, ankles. My ankles, dear listener. <laughs> are not fully covered <laughs> in fact one could argue that they are exposed <laughs> every time that we work together the intro gets worse and worse but also better and better it's only been twice <laughs> it's only yeah <laughs> i, I want to say that we're streaming right now right and we literally just lost two viewers from me showing my <laughs> if you can't take the heat stay away from my fucking ankles <laughs> stay away from my fucking feet yeah so your your week's overall been like okay you aren't like committing arson <laughs> or anything Nothing i haven't committed bad. arson this week this week okay but next week like it's still on the docket a little bit probably <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so wait, did he just go? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> when your nesting partner outs you and all of your misdoings, I'm 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 the um the less tame of the two of us. <laughs> oh no! I thought that you were like the tame one because he's. Oh no! Oh no! I meant I meant of I meant of you and I. <laughs> I was not talking about Bobby. He's. <laughs> He's the tamest of all of us. I don't think that I've ever been described as being a tame person. I mm. <laughs> So that's new for me. Um, but yeah, so the reason that I asked about your week is that, so I was getting ready to go into my department at work, right? And so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm walking down the hallway and I'm running like kind of late. And one of my supervisors at work, her name's Brittany. She's like the department head. 
she found out about my podcast by accident um, through one of my coworkers. And she's been so fucking supportive. And so she saw me and she's walking by me. I'm still waking up. And she goes, how is my favorite podcaster doing? And I'm like, stop. I almost started fucking crying. I'm like, you're such a fucking precious person. And I was like walking by and I'm like, I'm doing so good, Brittany. And I like sucked my tears back up into my eyeballs. Your workplace seems like the most wholesome place to work. It really is. It's it's so wonderful. Actually, I don't think anybody that listens like knows what I do for a living. Um, I I could tell them anything, right? Like I'm an astrophysicist. <laughs> um, nobody believes that. Everybody unsubscribes podcast. <laughs> I um I work in the agricultural industry. <laughs> The, the, um, let me, hold on. Let me give them some hints. The agri, I can't draw this thing. The agricultural industry. Wait, there's, there's five. This is, this is the Canada leaf. Hold on. Did you? <laughs> on. Um, I mixed them up. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I work in the, in the medical, um, wacky tobacco industry. And I honestly work with some of, that was my chair, uh, some of the most wonderful fucking people. And I'm not just saying that because everybody listens to the show. Um, but they're all wonderful people. Um, super fucking wholesome. One of my coworkers actually um, recommended a topic for one of my episodes. Um, and I'm really excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, to give you a little hint, it might be about a certain uh, pork chop Bobby. Um, <laughs> Hold on, I got this. Are you drawing pork chop Bobby right now? No, I heard pork chop, and I'm badly drawing a pig. Oh, wonderful! Oh yeah, um, okay. for context, he's for um, he's perfect. Oh my god, it's wait, it's me. I would die for him. <laughs> I love him so much. I would commit many crimes for that pig. I would do. Hold on, let's give him. Let's give him the um, do 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 do. So what we're doing for the people that are uh, listening to the edited version is Pippin is live streaming right now uh, on Twitch while we're recording. Hi. And what we're going to be doing is I'm going to be talking about some freaky, festive, fiendish fellows. <laughs> I'm trying to make more alliteration. It's not working. But no, so I'm going to be talking about some uh, holiday spooky ooky traditions and spirits. And Pippin's going to draw them. And then at the end, when everything is all said and done, they're going to put it up on their Twitch, their Twitch, their Twitter, and I'm going to put it up on uh, the podcast Twitter so that you can actually see uh, the finished results, which I'm really excited for because I know that I suck your dick every episode, but you're like mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite artists. And I'm not Aww. just saying that because you're like, wa- oh, wait, I don't pick favorites. All my favorites die. And then I'd have to do an episode on you. Oh, fuck. Wait. Okay. So <laughs> you're my favorite and I'm just a podcaster. <laughs> what i'm hearing i'm super excited for you now that you can go back to streaming because Mm -hmm. i loved like falling asleep watching you draw i honestly was not as happy of a person when i wasn't streaming like being able to be around my community has like genuinely made me feel like more comfort and like love than i felt in most other cases so it was i was not a happy person (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can definitely tell the difference between, like, when you've had, like, a streaming day and when you've not, like, I mean, in general, you're a really pleasant person, but, like, when when you've streamed and, like, you've, like, worked on your craft and everything, 
I'm like, you have such a fucking shine to you. You you fucking you really do like glow because it's like, oh my god, I got to do what I love. Like when I do the podcast, I like I'll be pissy and miserable all week, and then as soon as I get my episode put out, I'm like, oh my god, just like I'm in such a like genuine high already from starting the stream so i'm so sorry we've already gotten off topic twice we have not even gotten to the first thing yeah how dare you how dare all of you i'm just (laughs) so if you're ready we're gonna get into what are you drawing now what the fuck that was me and then me after streaming oh Oh my god it's This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Um. <laughs> Hold on. I've actually got a bigger belly and bigger boobs after I stream, too. Damn. <laughs> I just do 24-7, but that's because I'm really out of shape. <laughs> I mean, I look like I work at JCPenney right now with the, the shirt, and then I've just got sweatpants on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so if you're ready, we're going to get into our first... Not spirit, but collective group of spirits. One moment. One moment. What's up? Oh, my Lord. Go away. (laughs) I will end you. They're going fucking Kate is going to have to have me on her podcast as one of the fucking murderers because I'm going to murder you. (laughs) Did he stick his fingers in your ear? He did stick his fingers in my ear. Bonnie, we are working. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) If you can call this work. So, the first fanciful festive fellows, the alliteration makes me want to light myself on fire, that mm-hmm. we're going to cover are the Yule Lads. Uh, the <laughs> Yule Lads are an Icelandic folklore that dates back as far as the 17th century. The lads are fun holiday tricksters that visit children every holiday season, with each one of the lads visiting people on specific nights. So, they're these small, troll-like humanoid creatures that originally wore Icelandic garb, but around the turn of the 20th century, retellings of the story depicts them as wearing red coats like santa so the lads descend from their home in the mountains one by one to leave children gifts in their shoes but if you aren't a kid the lads will just make your life hell or like really 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 inconvenient so the lads remain in town until after the holidays and after they're done with their shenanigans they go back to their home and to their mother who's this old haggard child-eating ogre named gryla Oh, are we putting Gryla in the same list or no? Um, she's we kind of yes, no, maybe so. I mean, okay. I, they're very closely intertwined anyway. So, oh, I have to sneeze. Bless you. No, I don't have to sneeze. I lied to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said bless you preemptively, so your body couldn't do it anymore. I feel so blessed. <laughs> in the original stories regarding the Yule Lads, there were roughly eighty of these holiday tricksters. But that number was eventually reduced to 13 to correspond with the 13 days of Christmas. While the Yule Lads were intended to be fun, gift-giving holiday spirits, they also served as a cautionary tale about preserving food and other resources during the winter. So who are each of these cute little holiday guys and when should you expect to see them? So December 12th, you'll see Sheepcoat Claude, who has an oddly specific fascination with sheep. He'll steal milk from them, scare them, and harass them. Sheepcoat Claude looks like a scrawny little Santa, but you'll know that you're dealing with him because he has two peg legs and apparently walks in a silly way. December 13th, you'll be visited by Gully Gawk. Similar to Sheepcoat Claude, 
Gully Gawk has an oddly specific fascination with cows. He hides in your barn, and after you finish milking your cows, he sneaks over and and steals just the foam from the bucket of milk. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I can't ask him, but I guess that's just the thing that he likes to do. December 14th, you'll meet Stubby. Stubby is a very short lad whose sole purpose is to steal cooking pans and to eat the leftovers and crusty bits from them. Then December 15th, the tall, gangly spoon licker enters the picture. As you can probably tell from context clues, he really likes forks. It's actually wooden spoons. He'll rummage through the drawers and cupboards and find old spoons and give them a lick, hoping that there's some leftover treats on them. It gets worse. It gets weirder. December 16th, the notorious pot scraper will pay you a visit. He steals pots that might have leftovers in them and carries them back up to the mountains. December 17th, bowl liquor is going to come knocking at your door. Um, He doesn't knock on your door, though, Pippin. You know what he does instead. Does he lick your bowls? He climbs in through your fucking window and hides under your bed. Back in the olden days, Icelandic people would place their plate or bowl called an usker beneath their beds. It was like their go-to dish or plate or whatever. Well, bowl liquor is going to find those secret dishes under your bed and lick them clean. Okay, so a lot of obsession with cutlery and livestock. But picture this, all right? I want you to close your eyes visualize okay it's december 18th you're all snuggled up in your bed with your blankets and your furs you've had a long day and you just want to go to sleep well knock 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 bitches door slammer shows up he runs (laughs) (laughs) he runs through your house opens every door that he can find and then slams them shut Because he's a fucking asshole, and he wants to make sure that you close your fucking doors. (laughs) So he he slams, he opens all of them if they are, if there's already one open, or what? He just opens all of the doors. All that I could imagine when I was writing these notes was, like, you know when people, like, wrestlers, when they're, like, running down that little catwalk, and they're, like, reaching out, and they're, like, touching people's hands? Mm-hmm. Or, like, celebrities or whoever. <laughs> it's the door slammer! <laughs> Off the top ropes! <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a purpose, though. Like, I, I looked uh, pretty extensively, and I couldn't find a reason why he does the things that he does. <laughs> He's just an asshole. <laughs> He's just a fucking asshole, and he wants to make sure that you shut your damn door. <laughs> I feel like Door Slammer just, like, really took a page out of uh, Panic! at the Disco's book. Um, I write sins, not tragedors. <laughs> so, if you think that slamming your doors, harassing your livestock, or licking your cookware is bad, I hope that you don't like yogurt. <laughs> because on December 19th, Skur Gobbler is going to come into your house and eat all of your skur. Skur is a traditional Icelandic yogurt. And he he loves yogurt like I love milk. Oh like no. You really shouldn't, but you really want to have some. No. Um, 
He doesn't leave no. any leftovers. It's he just stands there like I do at four o'clock in the morning when I really want mashed potatoes and I'm just eating them straight out of the container like a fucking animal. He just he just gobbles up his skur. Um and it's kind of scurry. Continuing the lad's tradition of stealing food and leftovers, on December 20th, Sausage Swiper shows up and he steals <laughs> any sausages that you have hanging up to cure. So, like, wear clothes at night? <laughs> oh my god, that just registered in my head. And you know what? You should. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't let him steal that sausage. <laughs> Oh my god. The the visual. <laughs> it's mine now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the 10th lad who makes his super stealthy, super sneaky entrance on December 21st is Window Peeper. This not so cool guy likes to sit outside of people's houses and stare inside looking for anything neat to take home. Um, <laughs> oh god. That's terrifying. There's something about like people like staring into your house that just kind of really makes me want to cry. Mm -hmm. December twenty second, doorway sniffer shows up. Um, excuse me. Do you want me to try it again? On December twenty second, doorway sniffer shows up. (laughs) Despite his name, this festive freakazoid doesn't actually sniff doorways. Instead, he creeps into people's homes to steal bread. Doorway Sniffer has a huge nose, and he puts it to good use to track down that sweet, sweet, sweet gluten baby. (laughs) December 23rd, your meats are gonna go missing. Pippin, who did it? Who, Who made the meats go missing? Was it the maid or the butler? It's not the maid or the butler. It's... The 12th lad, Meat Hook. Meat Hook (laughs) is a mean, mean, meat-snatching machine who uses a long meat hook to steal meat. Context clues. (laughs) The final Yule lad that you'll run into is on December 24th, commonly called Christmas Eve. He's big. He's bad. He's a scary dude. He is Candle Stealer. Candle stealer likes to steal candles, fucking obviously. Maybe he wanted some extra mood lighting for his home or he wanted to eat the candles. Because back in the day, candles were just made of solidified fat and they were technically edible. I mean, they're still technically edible. (laughs) Ah, but there's a lot of, like, different chemicals and whatnot in them. Uh, But sometimes children (laughs) would actually put candles in their shoes to appease candle stealer. And the hopes of them... Of him leaving them an extra gift. So, to recap, every Christmas season, 13 strange men will show up at your house to harass your sheep, drink milk foam, slam doors, lick cookware, steal your meat, steal your bread, and eat your fucking candles. But on the bright side, if you're a good kid, the lads (laughs) will leave you toys, books, and fruit. But if you're a naughty, naughty little asshole, you'll receive a single potato. So soak (laughs) up your tears with that little spud, Billy, because it's all downhill from here. (laughs) That's the out of context thing that I posted for you. (laughs) 
And now it makes sense. And now that we've talked about the Yule Lads themselves, I actually found a poem uh, who I should have looked up how to pronounce this name. Uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna sound it out. So anyway. this poem is Yolas Vinanir by Johannes Erkotlum. Okay. And it says, let me tell the story of the lads of few charms who once upon a time used to visit our farms. Thirteen altogether, these gents in their prime didn't want to irk people all at one time. They came from the mountains. That's really cute. They're like, we don't want to inconvenience you, but then we're really going to inconvenience you. Yeah, we're going to inconvenience you, but like one at a time. Yeah, just because we care. In moderation. We're going to annoy you yeah. in moderation. Just just like us. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> one episode at a time. One episode at a time, baby. <laughs> they came from the mountains, as many of you know, in a long single file to the farmsteads down below. Creeping up all stealth, they unlocked the door. The kitchen and the pantry they came looking for. Gryla was their mother. She gave them ogre milk. And later, Father Leopoldi was a loathsome ilk. They hid where they could, with a cunning look or sneer, ready with their pranks when people were not near. They were called the Yuletide Lads. At Yuletide, they were due. They always came one by one, not ever two by two. And even when they were seen, they weren't loath to roam and play their tricks, disturbing the peace of the home. The first of them was sheep coat Claude. He came stiff as wood to prey upon the farmer's sheep as far as he could. He wished to suck the ewes, but it was no accident. He couldn't. He had stiff knees, not too convenient. The second one was Gully Gawk, gray his head and mean. He snuck into the cow barn from his craggy ravine. Hiding in the stalls, he would steal the milk while the milkmaid gave the cowherd a meaningful smile. Stubby was the third one called, a stunted little man, who watched for every chance to whisk off a pan. And scurrying away with it, he scraped off all the bits that stuck to the bottom and the brims his favorites. The fourth one was Spoonlicker. Like Spindle, he was thin. He felt himself in clover when the cook wasn't in. Then stepping up, he grappled the staring spoon with glee, holding it with both hands, for it was slippery. Pot Scraper, the fifth one, was a funny sort of chap. When the kids were given scrapings, he'd come to the door and tap. And they would rush to see if there really was a guest. Then he hurried to the pot and had a scraping fest. Bull Liquor, the sixth one, was shockingly ill-bred, From underneath the bedsteads, he stuck his ugly head. When the bulls were left to be licked by dog or cat, he snatched them for himself. He sure was good at that. The seventh was Door Slammer, a sorry vulgar chap, when people in the twilight would take a little nap. He was happy as a lark with the havoc he could wreak, slamming doors and hearing the hinges on them squeak. Skur Gobbler, the eighth, was an awful, stupid bloke. He lambasted the skirt tub till the lid on it broke. Then he stood there gobbling. His greed was very well known. 
Until about to burst, he would bleat, howl, and groan. The ninth was Sausage Swiper, a shifty little fifer. He climbed up to the rafters and raided food from there. Sitting on a crossbeam in soot and in smoke, he fed himself on sausage fit for gentlefolk. The tenth was Window Peeper, a weird little twit, who stepped up to the window and stole a peek through it. And whatever was inside, to which his eye was drawn, he most likely attempted to take later on. Eleventh was Door Sniffer, a doltish lad and gross. He never got a cold, yet had a huge and sensitive nose. He caught the scent of lace bread while leagues away still, and ran toward it weightless as wind, dale, and hill. Meat Hook, the twelfth one, his talent would display as soon as he arrived on St. Thorlax Day. He snagged himself a morsel of meat of any sort, although his hook at times was a tiny bit short. Thirteenth was Candle Beggar. T'was cold, I believe. If he was not the last of the lot on Christmas Eve, he trailed after the little ones who, like happy sprites, ran about the farm with their fine tallow lights. On Christmas night itself, so a wise man writes, the lads were all restrained and just stared at the lights. Then one by one they trotted off, into frost and into snow. On the twelfth night, the last of the lads was used to go. Their footprints in the highlands are now effaced for long. Their memories have all turned to image and to song. The end. Isn't that so cute? It is. Like, it's, it gives me very, like, kind of Dr. Seussy kind of vibes. Kind of like the Grinch who stole mm-hmm. Christmas vibes. But it's really, I, I really like it. Um, I will definitely have to put the link up somewhere. Um, probably in the show notes. So if you want to read it, then you can read it, like, to your kids and, like, scare them and be like, oh, you have to behave or they're going to slam your fucking door and they're going to, like, <laughs> harass your sheep. Also, your pots are going to be gone. So the next holiday spirit we're going to cover is one that we already mentioned. It's the Yule Lad's mother, Gryla. Gryla is first mentioned in an old Norse text called the Prose Edda back in the 13th century. But she wasn't associated with Yule or Christmas until the 17th century. Gryla is technically one of the oldest mythological figures in Icelandic folklore. According to these centuries-old texts, Gryla was a haggard old beggar who would wander around the town asking parents to give her their children. Instead of handing over little Billy, the parents would give her scraps of food and then shoo her away. And eventually, Gryla was exiled to live in a cave in the mountains. Gryla's physical appearance has changed drastically over the years, Some sources describe her as having 300 heads and nearly a thousand eyes. Other sources describe her as having 15 tails with balloons on each end, and each balloon is full of kids that she has abducted from local villagers. She might have eyes on the back of her head, massive ears, rotten teeth, or cloven hooves a la the devil himself. Nowadays, Gryla is depicted as an enormous, ugly ogre woman who preys on ill-behaved children. She abducts these naughty children and brings them back to her home. She boils the children alive in a massive cauldron and then chows down with her 13 sons, a massive cat, and her husband. Yeah, she's married. Um, so if she can find love, like, 
So can all of you. Um, <laughs> Gryla's hubby, Lepaludi, is thought to be an ogre himself. But instead of working hard to snatch children and provide for his family, he's a lazy, cranky oaf. It's pretty clear that Gryla wears the pants in the relationship. I mean, you got a lazy ogre who probably reads ye old newspaper all day. And then you have a giant ogre Christmas witch who scoops up ill-behaved kids and boils them alive. Like, kind of speaks for itself. Not much is known about what her husband actually does. But we do know that he's the only man that's been able to marry Gryla and survive. She'd had husbands in the centuries prior, but she just ended up killing all of her fucking husbands. While Gryla mostly serves as a cautionary tale for children, many adults recognize elves, trolls, and the fae as tangible forces in their lives. People still leave offerings and windowsills for any fae that may be passing through in the hopes of appeasing them in exchange for good fortune and bountiful harvests. So going into the third uh, holiday spirit or just Christmas guy, we have the Christmas cat, often called the Yule cat. Like I mentioned, Gryla and her family have a little kitty. The Christmas cat or Yule cat has its own lore and tradition. Allegedly, the cat's lore dates back as far as the Dark Ages, but the oldest texts that exist about the cat are only from the 19th century. According to this lore, back in the day, laborers were rewarded with new clothes as a token of appreciation for all their hard work during the year. People who were lazy or slacked off weren't given new clothes by employers, and the Yule Cat would come to kill them. The Yule Cat is an absolutely massive cat that roams local villages and slaughters people that haven't received any new clothes before Christmas Eve. The cat's lore originates from eastern Iceland, but the cute little guy has just recently been associated with Gryla and the Yule Lads. Similar to Gryla, most people don't really fear the Yule Cat nowadays, but they still use it as a cautionary tale for children and warning them against being lazy. <laughs> so for context, we thought that we were recording the entire uh, collab and somebody uh, stopped recording for a minute because we went on a tirade. And so when everything was all said and done, uh, that certain somebody went to go stop the recording to start editing and realized that that certain somebody never resumed recording. <laughs> That's so, me. <laughs> so we are on take two-ish. <laughs> we are on take one and a half. One and three quarters. Yes. Just about. One and five eighths. <laughs> so I'm okay. Here we go. Right, Ben's <laughs> going to pretend that they haven't heard this information before. Wow, that's so interesting. Fuck you. <laughs> My shortcomings aren't that laughable. Okay. <laughs> It's okay. Oh. We love you anyway. Explicitly in spite of them. I would fucking hope so. <laughs> okay, composure time. We're serious. We're professionals. Okay. Are we? Are you ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> so the next holiday tradition or spirit we're going to talk about is the Mari Lewin. The Mari Lewin is a Welsh holiday tradition dating back centuries. This tradition or spirit isn't thought to be negative in any sort of way, 
but it's so bizarre that it's worth talking about. So Pippin, even though you've heard this before, imagine this, all right? Close your eyes. Hold on, because I have something important to say. Um, yeah. The first time that we recorded this, I basically just shut up the whole time. So this is going to be a very different experience from the first half of the episode. Because the first half, I actually had something to focus on. Now it's all just Kate. So she's got some... She's. I'm going to struggle. <laughs> <laughs> well, because in case you uh, weren't paying attention to the start of the episode, we initially live-streamed the recording. So... Pippin was super concentrated on drawing these little spirits, which if you want to see them, they're going to be on each of our Twitters. But no, now the only thing that you have to focus on, Pippin, is me. And we all know that you love to torture me. (laughs) (laughs) I do. It's very pleasant. (laughs) Okay. So you're going to use your imagination goggles, Pippin. Okay. Uh, Even on, though this some... is new information, do you actually? I got some glasses here. Does that count? Uh, sure. Yeah. Well. Right. Oh, good lord, babe, you cannot see. <laughs> okay, just kidding. Zach's in the background, like leave me alone. <laughs> I know I can't see. <laughs> okay, so do you have your uh, imagination glasses on? I'm imagining that I have them on. Okay, so imagine while imagining. Imagine this. Imagine dragons. <laughs> Shout out to our boys. Uh, Imagine dragons. I don't know anyone who's in that band. So. No, I know all of them. They're all best friends with me. And they all said that you have to listen to this fucking podcast. <laughs> and then we get sued. And now the show is over. <laughs> okay. So imagine this. Radioactive. <laughs> I'll make you a believer, believer, believer <laughs> of the thunder and the lightning, lightning than the thunder. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> God damn it. <laughs> Imagine this. <clears throat> God, I can't. Oh, I'm thinking of the singer from Imagine Dragons. Okay. Imagine this, you're at home hanging out with your family for the holidays, and all of a sudden, you hear singing in the distance. The singing gets louder and louder until it's right outside of your door. Somebody knocks on your door, and then you start to hear the... <laughs> so immersive! <laughs> that scared me. I turned around. <laughs> Thanks for the mic, by the way. <laughs> Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for the free heart attack. <laughs> Thank you for the uh, cardiac arrest. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> so somebody knocks on your door. Oh, did I, sorry. I thought you were going to knock again. <laughs> so somebody Let's knocks on your door. <laughs> okay, let's go. Somebody knocks on your door. And you hear the jingling of bells. I fucking hate you. <laughs> you hear the jingling of bells and the tapping of feet. Do you do you have a sound effect for the tapping of feet? Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna stand on my desk. Right. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Somebody knocks on your door and you hear the jingling of bells followed by the tapping of feet. Oh, you I have a bell. The- hold on. No, it's it's downstairs. No, I'm gonna get Damn. it anyway. Hold on, I got you. Oh, 
my God. Imagine this. You're at home hanging out with your family, your friends for the holidays. All of a sudden, you hear singing in the distance. The singing gets louder and louder. (laughs) And then you realize that it's a magic dragon. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my God. The singing gets louder and louder until it's right outside of your door. (laughs) Somebody knocks on the door. (laughs) And you hear the jingling of bells. (laughs) And the tapping of... If you have a sound effect for this next part, I'm going to give you $50. (laughs) You look through the peephole on your door and see a group of people leading the ghostly figure of a skeleton horse. Oh my god. (laughs) Jesus Christ. We're so professional. <laughs> Holy shit. I I have tears in my eyes right now. <laughs> literally crying. <laughs> so this visage is Mari Lewid. The earliest references we can find of Mari Lewid are from the very beginning of the 1800s. In fact, the tradition of the Mari Lewid nearly died out decades ago, but has recently seen a revival. There are a bunch of different controversies about where Mari Lewid actually comes from. Some people believe that Mari Lewid has ties to the church, while other people believe that she may have ties to paganism. The Mari Lewid ceremony or parade is typically done during the winter, including the span of time between Christmas, the New Year, and it's about six to eight weeks. Mari Lewid is mainly a South Walian tradition. As a callback to episode 11, the Mari Lewid is very commonly held in Morganoog and Monmouthshire. If you remember that, that was where the Scrib Mountain Inn is, Pippin. Uh, Scrib uh, Mountain Inn is northeast of Monmouthshire, I thought. I mean, yeah, but it's still... No, it's northeast of Abergavenny. Yeah, it's it's in... It's nearby. <laughs> it's nearby. It's. <laughs> I left my atlas in my other pocket, um, so... <laughs> Excuse me for having the gumption to try to say anything familiar to you. It's just a hop, skip, and a jump. Like, you could probably see Mari Lewid at Skirred Mountain Inn. Oh, that'd be so... Oh, my God. Imagine Mari Lewid, like, running through the White Lady Woods. Oh, Lord. That's, like, chasing her. (laughs) 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 I'll fuck you up. Oh my god. So the Mari Lewid is a performance featuring a person covered in a sheet or a shawl holding a horse's skull on a pole. The skull and the shawl would normally be decorated with ribbons, flowers, and bells. Traditionally, Mari Lewid and her troop would approach a home where all doors and windows are locked to prevent her from simply walking in. The troop would knock on the door. Oh, I didn't realize we restarted that whole... I was watching the child. Oh. Um, so the troop would knock on the door and sing a traditional Welsh song 
introducing Mary Lewis to the residents. The singers would then challenge. <laughs> sorry. The troupe would knock on the door and sing a traditional song, introducing Mari Lewid to the residents. The singers would then challenge the residents to sing the next verse in the song, like a call and response situation. There were different. Different. Perfect. There were different. There are different versions of the Mari Lewid song. But all of them are in Welsh, and seeing as I can barely speak my native language, I threw the words into Google Translate. So the gist of the average Mari Lewis song is, here we come, we want to be with you. If you don't want us here, sing back to us and we'll leave you alone. Mari Lewis is here with ribbons and stars. She will enlighten you, so it's worth it to let us in. Mari Lewis is happy to be here, asking you for money and gifts. Give us ale and don't be stingy. The resident would then tell them, I don't have any food or gifts for you, so I can't welcome you in. This back and forth would continue for sometimes minutes and sometimes hours until Mari Lewitt and her group inevitably won the contest. Mari's prize for winning the contest was that the residents granted her and her group entrance into the home. Mari Lewitt would then chase the women and children around the house performing a bizarre dance for them. When Mari Lewitt and her posse finished in the home or the pub because she visited businesses too, she and her group would tell the people, and again, very loose translation thanks to Google, remember my name that rises with the stars, and remember that I love to be kept happy. We wish you joy and good fortune. God bless your homes and all of your men. So Mari Lewitt is often accompanied by Punch and Judy, local figures who wreak havoc in homes. They drink, they dance, all that good stuff. They were originally these comedy, like, hand puppets that were used to act out different sketches but ultimately punch is thought to be a trickster who parties super duper hard gets wasted dances with the men just has a good time meanwhile his counterpart judy often carries a broom with her in order to sweep the home and drive out evil spirits mari lewitt herself is often associated with femininity and her presence is often viewed by scholars as a method of warding off evil spirits and welcoming fertility. Breaking down the symbolism of Mari Lewid, horses typically symbolize strength and freedom, while skulls or bones represent mortality and rebirth. The bells on Mari Lewid represent a call to order, while ribbons commonly symbolize awareness or attention. Mari Lewid is a centuries-old tradition of camaraderie, celebration, and friendship warding off evil and misdoings of the year prior to welcome a new beginning. Our next holiday spirit is (laughs) maybe about as wholesome as Mari Lewid, but maybe not. It's farmhand Rupert. Depends on who you ask. Depends on who you ask. Farmhand Rupert, or his German name, Connect Rupert. I'm so sorry, that's, I don't speak German. He is a German holiday spirit dating back as far as the 17th century. He is often depicted as a companion or helper of St. Nicholas. Rupert's origin story has a few variations, but it's commonly believed that Rupert was a farmhand or a wild child that Nicholas took in under his wing. In another variation of the story, St. Nicholas stumbled across children that had been drowned in a barrel. He came to the rescue, breathing life into the kids. One of them, a small boy, became indebted to St. Nicholas and vowed to follow him and help him for the rest of time. This little boy was farmhand Rupert. Rupert is commonly depicted as an older man with a bushy beard wearing a brown robe and a pointed hood. 
Locals sometimes depict him as having horns and cloven hooves because apparently growing up in the forest makes you look like Mr. Tumnus from the Chronicles of Narnia. (laughs) In either case, Rupert carries a walking stick, an empty sack, and a bag of ashes. He also wears bells on his robes or decorates his walking stick with them. Rupert accompanies St. Nicholas on his tours of local villages or towns. It's kind of like ye old good cop, bad cop. While St. Nicholas might give you toys or treats, Rupert gives you other things. If you haven't been a good little kid for your parents, Rupert might give you coal, stones, or even a switch that your parents can use to discipline you. Hold on. I I wonder if this is where, like, the naughty list came from, right? Because I've always questioned, like, if we've got a nice list, right, we know that these kids get toys. Why do we also need the naughty list? Doesn't that just feel like extra work? Well, the naughty list, from what I can find, it's, I'm actually kind of glad that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. So, from what I remember from my research, the naughty list was like a like a book. Because you know how in like the Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen, it's always like a whole ass book for the good kids and a whole ass book for the bad kids? No, I haven't watched those movies. Okay, well, <laughs> in those movies with Tim Allen, <laughs> the good kids are on the good list in a big-ass book. And the bad kids are on the bad list in another big-ass book. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, the good book is written by God, and the naughty book is written by Satan. Perfect. So that's how St. Nick gets access to the information about which kids are good and which kids are bad. <laughs> oh, Lord. Please, I so, need a sign. Give me two books. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that they're like pamphlets. <laughs> like dentist office pamphlets. <laughs> Have you tried the nice list? Here's what, Here's the amenities. <laughs> Sick of getting coal? The good list is right for you. <laughs> oh my god. So, if you're a bad kid, Rupert might just beat you himself. And speaking of uh, God writing the good book and Satan writing uh, the naughty book, Rupert may also ask you if you know how to pray. Because back in the day, prayer was very, very important in society. And if you didn't know how to pray, Rupert would take the bag of ashes that he carries with him and beat the shit out of you with them. If you've been especially naughty, Rupert might just forego beating you with his bag of ashes or hitting you with a switch, and he might just throw you into his sack and carry you away from your home. So nowadays, people will actually team up their volunteers. I don't believe that they get paid. So you'll have one person that dresses up as good old St. Nick. You're getting paid another- in like... Wait, no, hold on. They're getting I paid thinking about miles. My- what do you think you're getting about- paid? I was thinking about Martin Lewin. I was like, you're getting paid in alcohol. No, what? <laughs> hold on. Little this is very important. <laughs> do you think that people that dress up as St. Nicholas and Farmhand Rupert go door to door to these little fucking children and then they go out back and they do a keg stand? <laughs> No, obviously, St. Nick wants to get paid in fucking Bitcoin and NFTs. <laughs> Fuck your pale ale. Fuck your stout. <laughs> He's not going to do a keg stand. He's going to go down to his little, like, e-commerce wallet. He's going to go mine some Bitcoin when he kicks his fucking feet up at the end of the day. Listen, I just lost, like, the last half hour and thought we were still talking about Mari Lewin. <laughs> 
how are you not retaining? Have you not been fucking listening to me? <laughs> um, so that's wow. redacted. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm gonna stand <laughs> you. <laughs> so the wonderful volunteers that like do the whole Saint Nick farmhand Rupert kind of deal. They go out and they have schedules for little kids. So they'll go visit different houses and they're assigned to different neighborhoods so that that way. And do a keg stand. No, so that little Billy doesn't see three St. Nick's walking down the street at the same time. You want to ruin the magic? Do you, do you hate Christmas, Pippin? Um, I'm a parent, so I'm obligated to say yes. Do you think you do hate? Wow. Okay. So, do you think that St. Nick works three, that he works one night out of the year, and then the other 364 fucking days, he's at home shotgunning beers in his underwear <laughs> in the kitchen? I thought you were going to say, do you think St. Nick works three jobs? And I was going to say, probably <laughs> yes to pay for all those toys. <laughs> he pays for his toys in three ways, sass, ass, and plastic. <laughs> I don't even know if that's still in episode 11 or if I cut it out. <laughs> but that's a really great story. And you know what? If it isn't in there, then we'll have to tell it on like a bonus episode or something. Mm -hmm. But no, they get paid with smiles and joy. Like because children love them because it's fucking Santa. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> You're I, so aggressive about it being Santa. I I can't get the visual out of my head of Santa walking into a house because <laughs> it isn't even like, oh, like big red suit and like the funny hat. It's like he wears like an actual like set of robes with like a fancy hat and he has a walking stick. But I just imagine him walking out and being like, "On Dasher, on Dancer, on Blancer, Blancer," and throws his cane down, and he just fucking keg stands in the street, and all the all the kids are cheering, and he projectile vomits, and one of them looks back at the imaginary camera and goes, "God bless us, everyone." <laughs> <laughs> I love my version of Santa. I am, no, I, I, I should draw that Santa. Just keg stand Santa. <laughs> the way that I found out that Santa wasn't real, by the way, Santa's not real. Oh, he's alive in your heart. Um, or he's blacked out in an alley somewhere because he had <laughs> one too many loggers. <laughs> Um, no, I was obsessed with this, like, horse card trading game where, like, you mm -hmm. could upload, like, the code on the back and you get, like, a horse on your computer. Okay. Um, yeah, I was a horse girl growing up. Fuck you if you have a problem with that. And I told my mom, I was like, I want this really specific horse card. And it was super rare. And my mom was like, yeah, we'll see if Santa can get it for you. And then I didn't get it. And I was like, mom, what the fuck is happening? I was like, <laughs> Santa can do anything, can't he? And she goes, no. I was in the I was in the 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 group of people with a much older brother. So instead of finding out that Santa wasn't real as a kid, I just thought he was dead because my brother told me he killed him. <laughs> 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 
my god <laughs> what <laughs> so you never believed in santa no 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 i believed in him but i also believed he was like once i hit like four or five and i was like santa's coming my brother's like no i killed him last year and i took that i believed it i took it so to heart like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but um what i do with my kids because this this can like stay in the podcast if you want because i think it's really freaking cool Mm-hmm. Um, a while ago I saw a post that kind of encouraged this and I kind of turned it into my own thing. So yeah, for my kids, my oldest one um still believes in Santa. Crap. Actually, now that I think about it, I have to tell them not to listen to this episode. But my middle child started to really question Santa for a while. Mm-hmm. And they they finally went, you know, Mom, can you be honest with me? Is Santa real? And what I told them was I was like, Okay, so Santa isn't just one person. He's not real in that idea. Mm. But he is kind of the spirit of Christmas. And so every person who wants to show joy or cheer or give someone that childlike wonder Mm -hmm. can be Santa. And so if you wanted to be Santa, if you wanted to give a secret gift and let someone really feel that magic, no matter who it was, then you can be Santa. And so now they they believe that everyone and no one is Santa at the same time, which is very cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's it's always been like hard for me. Um, not so much as a kid, but more like now that I'm an adult. Um, and I'm an aunt. I have a a nephew and a niece, and I keep seeing these posts where people are like, "Oh, you know, we we need to like start telling kids that you know not everything is from Santa mm-hmm. because." Some kids will talk in school and say, oh, Santa got me an iPad. Mm-hmm. Well, Santa didn't get me an iPad. And this is just like a PSA in general for anybody listening that has kids or mm-hmm. is an aunt or an uncle or whoever to a child. If you if you buy a kid an iPad or something expensive, take accountability and say, yeah, I bought that for you. Mm-hmm. Because it portrays a better image to say, hey, yeah. I had the extra money to buy you something that wasn't Santa. Instead, the kid's going to think, wow, Santa doesn't love me enough to get me an iPad. I wasn't good enough. I I was bad. Mm-hmm. So just remember that if you're giving gifts or like shopping for somebody, um, not everybody is as blessed as you. And that's not your responsibility at all. But just if you're going to give a kid a gift, then... Make sure that if it's from Santa, it's something reasonable because you don't want other kids to feel bad. That's actually um, that's actually something that I've lived by for a long time because I do I have had that conversation with a friend when I was younger who was like, everybody got all these cool gifts. I don't understand why I didn't. Was I not good enough? Right. When I was when I was really little, it's something that stuck with me. So I've never given the kids like a big gift from Santa. Yeah. Um, and I actually had to fight my parent. Parent. Parents. Parents, parents kind parent. of. Yeah, Listen, parents okay. I had to, I had to fight I had to fight the, the kids' grandparents on that at one point mm. because um because they wanted to give the kids a PS4 and and say it was from Santa. And I was like, no, that's not from Santa. If you say it's from Santa, I will tell them Santa's not real. Because that's not fair to do their friends. And I mean that's the other hard thing for me is that so my parents divorced when I was, what, almost six, I think. They, it was, like, February of 2002, I think. 
And my mom uh, has always had a very stable job, very stable income. And um, my dad lived on his own because of the custody and how everything was separated with the divorce. And so my mom and my stepdad would tell us that things were from Santa that were pretty expensive. And then we would go to our dad's house and, well, Santa didn't get the same caliber of gift like that we got at our parents' house, like mm-hmm. my mom's house. And so it's not like, oh, well, I didn't get it. I didn't get a PS4 from Santa at my dad's house, so I'm a shitty kid. But it it makes you question things. And then when you're older and you realize, hey, every single fucking thing, like I'm getting ready to do some Christmas shopping. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I would have already done it by the time this episode's out. And everything is so fucking expensive. And it's very hard for people on a fixed income to go out and like buy a PS4 for their kids, buy an iPad for their kids. And then when you tell them that it's from Santa, well, it's it makes it harder for them to relate to their peers and be like, oh, you know, my mom got me this. Because then the kids are just going to be like, well, I guess that I'm just a shitty person because mm-hmm. I didn't deserve something from this uh, this omnipotent Christmas figure. Yeah. When you make it so that gifts are dependent on being good, especially with good being so nebulous, it's gonna leave kids questioning, well, why wasn't I good enough to get as good of a gift as them? And that's the other problem that I ran into. Um, actually, today, um, my mom called me to check in on me because um, I'd like run into some issues with my debit card, which it was just like a minor thing. It was nothing serious. Mm-hmm. But um, you did we talking- you did call and say that you were shitting bricks though, which was adorable yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um i was talking to her and she was like you know we're we're gonna go do christmas shopping right now like we'll be back in a little while i was like cool well i can't really do any shopping because i had to go to the mechanic um pay a a couple tickets which i'm not proud of but it had to happen and then i had to pay bills because being being an adult fucking sucks and i was like i feel awful because i'm not going to be able to get everybody as much as i normally do and she was like, Caitlin, that's not what this is about. And it took me a long time to realize. And that's part of why Christmas isn't my favorite holiday. Is that there is so much fucking pressure on everybody to get everybody these shiny, new, expensive gifts. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm fine. Like, if somebody, like, if Pippin came up to me and said, hey, all I could get you for Christmas was this fucking rock. That is the most special rock in the world to me. Oh my gosh, I would love it, to get a rock for Christmas. I want to <laughs> I want to get you a rock. Because it doesn't matter what the fucking gift is. It doesn't matter what the fucking price tag is. And with the way that things are right now in society with oh there's so much pressure about wealth and capitalism and everything. It doesn't fucking matter because at its core, like with farmhand Rupert and St. Nicholas, we'll tie in there. It doesn't matter like what you give people. It's about the joy. It's about coming together and being a family or being a community. So mm-hmm. remember that when you're signing your fucking uh, gift tags. Yeah, we kind of went on, got on a soapbox there for a minute. <laughs> you know what? It's fine. I, I love having conversations like that mm-hmm. because, you know, everybody comes from different situations. And I think Not- it's really important. Like, even if you're just hearing it from two strangers in a podcast, that it's not about money. Like, money and things don't matter. It's experiences. People could give me, like, I don't know, a, 
a diamond crusted Tesla with I don't know a disco ball or something. I don't know. That, that sounds pretty fun, but whatever. <laughs> they could give me the most expensive, wonderful looking, fantastic looking thing in the world, and I don't fucking care. I would rather you have taken the time that it took you to work and earn the money for that diamond crusted Tesla and spent it with me. It's just nothing else fucking matters. Like, and we're probably going to stay on the soapbox for another second, but life's too fucking short. It really is. I'm, I'm 25. So any of you that are older that are listening, you're like, oh, you don't know shit about life yet. It literally, it feels like yesterday. I was a freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. It's life is too short. And while I personally believe that this isn't the only life that you've lived or the only life that you will live, this is your current situation. This is your current consciousness. So don't fucking stress out about, oh my God, I, I have to scrape together thousands of dollars for Christmas. I have to scrape together thousands of dollars for a gift. It doesn't fucking matter how much money you spend on a kid. The kids are going to get sick of it anyway. Your kids are going to outgrow the all the clothes that you bought them. They're going to get tired of all the toys and all the video games that you bought them. Because they're going to want the next best thing. So instead of spending thousands of fucking dollars on your kids and spoiling them rotten, just spend time with them. Like, kids don't need gadgets and gizmos and toys and squishmallows and all of this other shit. They want their parents. So the last festive, fanciful fiend, friend, fucker we're going to cover. Perfect. And he, is a, he is a fucker. Fiendish so don't worry. Fiendish. <laughs> fiendish friend fucker is the Christmas Scarecrow. Also known, well, he his real name is Hans. Oh, Kirk, yeah. So this shit. This shit. This fucking asshole. This guy. This not-so-cool guy, Hans Trapp, is a holiday spirit from France with ties to Germany. Hans was a powerful, wealthy man that lived in eastern France in the 1400s. According to legend, Hans was an incredibly greedy man who eventually began practicing black magic and even went on to make a deal with the devil. The deal was that Hans would give the devil his soul in exchange for all of the power and wealth that he could ever hope for. Allegedly. The motherfucking Pope caught wind of Hans's dark pact and ended up just exiling him. All of his land, personal effects, everything was seized from him. Trapp lived off of the land as he found a new home and eventually built himself a small shack in the Bavarian wilderness. He was left alone in the wilderness with his dark thoughts. Hot. And... <laughs> no, not hot. Because <laughs> these dark thoughts... Uh, swarmed around in his head like a like a horde of angry bees because he wanted to exact his revenge on the people that exiled him and, from his perspective, fucked him over and took everything from him. Hans began devoting more and more of his time and energy to practicing black magic, desperate to get his status back. All he cared about was power and money and all of that not-so-good stuff. Trapp began craving violence, or more specifically he began craving human flesh. It was a new feeling for him, but a man with nothing to lose is the most dangerous man of them all. So Trap fashioned a disguise out of old clothes and straw, and then he stood near isolated roads and fields posing as a scarecrow. Eventually, Trap found a victim, 
a young shepherd boy who was out for a walk. Hans then chased the boy through the field, wielding a sharpened fucking stick. He caught the boy and brutally attacked him, stabbing him to death. Trap then dragged the boy's body back to his home, carved the meat off of his fucking bones, and then cooked it because raw meat was a no-no, but cooked little boy is a let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that sentence, actually. I Thank you for introducing sentence, it into my brain. You're welcome. <laughs> That's going to live rent-free with all the other weird shit I've told you. <laughs> <laughs> or the weird shit that I've told you. You're welcome. Yeah. But before he could take his first bite, a bolt of lightning smote Hans' trap, killing him where he stood. Locals in both France and Germany used the horrifying legend of Hans' trap as a cautionary tale for their children around the holiday season warning them to be good little kiddos and to never run off on their own. I know that the legend of the Christmas Scarecrow sounds like it's completely rooted in fiction, but there are some parts that are actually kind of true. It's commonly believed that Hans Trapp was a real person. Hans von Trava was a French knight who was tasked with overseeing two castles, one in France and one in Germany. There was some sort of dispute over the properties, and eventually Hans was forced to surrender the castles to the authorities in order for them to be redistributed. This royally pissed Hans off, and in retaliation, he built a dam to cut off the water supply to one of the towns. The dam was eventually torn down, and Hans was taken to the Pope to be questioned about his loyalty. But try as he might, the Pope saw right through his bullshit and his greed. As punishment for his crimes, Hans von Trotha was excommunicated and forced to live in the wilderness. He was found dead a couple years later, having died of natural causes. Well, there you go. That is the holiday horror show with Archer Kasai, also known as Pippin. <laughs> Explosions, confetti, children screaming in the streets. Blood, 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 and death. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that's actually a pretty solid outro. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed my little listicle. Um, did you have any favorites? I know there's one spirit that we didn't cover mm-hmm. that um we're gonna talk about in the future that I'm really excited about. Do we have like any hints for the listeners? Something very subtle to kind of be like, hey, this is what we're missing. Actually, I have a really good, um, like, hint for what the next episode will be about. Okay. Um, okay. Love that. So, we all know the story of, like, the girl with the ribbon around her neck. Wait. Are these two things correlated? Yes. This, this ghost is the inspiration for that story. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> Are you joking? I'm not. I found the original story and it's specifically based on the spirit. Oh my god. Isn't that cool as hell? I I, I read that tonight and I was like, oh my god, Kate's going to be so excited. That is so fucking fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, if you guys or gals or non-binary pals like want to know who the fuck we're hinting at, you're just going to have to listen to the next episode. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's the audience cheering in the background. Um, the audience that we don't have. 
as always, I'd love to give a super duper special thank you to my best friend in the whole wide world, Pippin. It's me. <laughs> Pippin, that was delightful. <laughs> Pippin is the digital artist that did the incredible work for the show. They are my bestest friend. They are the mm. wonderful, amazing guests that we have here today. If you want to look at some of their work, you can find them on Twitter at Archerkasai, A-R-C-H-E-R-K-A-S-A-I. Or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Archerkasai. Or on YouTube at I don't know my YouTube channel. Something. We'll put it all in the show notes because honestly, I forgot what my all of my information is. <laughs> That's in the link tree. Yeah, you don't have to worry about forgetting my information because it's all in the fucking link tree in the show notes. <laughs> what do you do and click on it? It doesn't bite. And this has been Kate, my best friend in the whole world. And this has been Pippin, the <laughs> scary little bitch baby who is afraid of everything. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to end this now. Oh, I remember how I end it. It's been a while. Okay. All right, go ahead. We hope that you enjoyed this super duper special, freaky, fiendish, festive collaboration. Remember to stay safe, stay spooky, and stay the fuck away from 13 troll like humanoid creatures that come down to your house in the holiday season. To fuck up your life and touch your sheeps and everything. And also remember to stay away from their fucking mom, who is a nasty, nasty uh, kid-eating witch ogre lady. And also forget to stay the fuck away. Well, you don't have to stay away from Mari Lewid because she's like a super cool skeleton horse girl. Um, not like other girls because uh, <laughs> she will knock on your door and sing for hours. She's cute. She's quirky. We love her. Maybe stay away from the Christmas cat, though, because uh, sometimes Tom from Tom and Jerry do be a little bit batshit crazy. Does and you know what? Just a little bit of nom nom, a little bit of meow meow. <laughs> and you know what else? Uh, I would probably not stay away from Farmhand Rupert because he's just a cute little, like, where the wild things are looking guy. As long as you're a good little boy. As long as you're a good little boy or girl or, or child. And uh, remember to pray and not be a fucking asshole, or he'll just beat you or put you into his bag and carry you away. Definitely make sure that you stay the fuck away from Hans Trap the Christmas Scarecrow, though. Because mm. he's a nasty, nasty man, and he will chase you through the fucking fields holding a pointy stick. And then when he finds you, he'll cut off all the meat off your bones, cook it, because <laughs> salmonella, and then right before he can eat you, he'll get struck down by lightning sent from God. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>